Hi everyone, welcome to Talking Cars with Consumer Reports. I'm Tom Mutchler. I'm Jake Fisher. I'm Gabe Shenhar. We're recording this episode from the floor of the North American International Auto Show, or as it's really called, the Detroit Auto Show. Normally I'd ask you guys what the big reveal of the show was, but I think it's kind of obvious. Gabe? It's the Ford F-150, which is the most significant car for the market. Jake, what do you think of the new F-150? Yeah, well, it's not really about the 150. It's about aluminum. That's the story. Aluminum. Aluminum. However you want to call it. But that is the story. The F-150, I mean, it's got different headlights and stuff. And it's kind of a conservative uh, kind of redesign. But it looks conservative, but there's a lot of new tech underneath. Well, there's a, you know, you get a lot of the features. You know, the features of kind of, you know, the technology features have trickled everywhere. But the big news is aluminum, aluminum, an aluminum body. We've seen aluminum bodies before. We've seen them in high-end uh, high sports cars and high-end luxury cars. And actually Ford has kind of done some stuff with uh, Jaguar. But this is a mainstream, I mean, this is the mainstream right. vehicle, the it's, number it's one seller. It's been done uh, in Land Rovers since 1948. Well, that's a low-volume car. And, uh, you know, the, it's not a, a pickup truck where people are used to abuse it, throw uh, gravel in it, in the bed, and, and whatnot. And, and so Land Rovers are tough? <laughs> I mean, this isn't like an Audi, you know, it's not an aluminum, right. you know, unibody. There is a, they were very clear at the press conference to say it has a high strength steel. Did I mention steel? That's right, steel well, frame. it's body on frame and they, they fully said it boxed was, as it was before. Did they so say it was like that, a rock? That's where the strength is, really. That's it's right, not, it, it, it's like a rock, yeah. But, but the, the truth is that aluminum is strong. The aluminum, be the bed is aluminum. You're gonna be throwing the rocks <laughs> into the aluminum bed. It's strong. That's not the issue. The issue is it's strong, it's light. 700 pounds. They said they took 700 pounds out of the Well, Doubting Thomas, you'll remember Doubting Thomas from earlier episode. Doubting Thomas has a worry. The F-150 was already, it was a porker. Yeah, it was, it was a porker. It's 300 pounds more than a 2014 Ram, which had a lighter chassis in its 13 update. Uh, it, it heavier than the Silverado. I mean, so it's going to have maybe a 400-pound advantage over the other two trucks. That's and the 700-pound is probably a best-case scenario of some single configuration of uh, crew cab and, and four-wheel drive. You're more optimistic whatnot. about you're, you're, the way you're looking a uh, gift truck in the mouth. I mean, here's the thing: the car. <laughs> I don't care what. I mean, it's true. It, the the F-150 was pretty heavy, and there was lighter ones. The Titan, I think, was like 400 pounds lighter than the current F-150. You can tell. Yeah. But they are making this, this is going to be the lightest light duty truck. This is gonna, I mean, they're gonna be probably around the 5,000 mark, commonly yeah. configured. That's pretty light for a big truck like this. And what it's gonna do is it's going to improve, well, actually, it's not just gonna improve fuel economy, but capability too. Because you gotta think, when you're taking an F-150, you got hauling ability, right? right. You're towing ability. Well, so Gross you vehicle weight. When you take 700 pounds out of yourself, that's 700 pounds more you could carry if you don't change anything. And obviously sure. they're gonna do, make mm -hmm. some changes to make the thing more fuel efficient. But this is going to, I, I believe that they're successful with this. This is gonna change the industry. And in a few years, you're gonna see a lot more vehicles, mainstream vehicles, that have aluminum bodies. The thing I wonder though, is it going to change the industry? Is thus that pickup trucks become $5,000 more money than they are already? I'm also really curious if I mean, their mainstream engine is probably going to be a 2.7 liter EcoBoost V6. That's not a big engine. I mean, they've had success with the 3.5 as their, you know, basically their performance engine. 
I'm, but even doubting Thomas, was quite happy with that 3.5 twin turbo hauling around 5,700. So you do the math, you got a smaller engine hauling around 700 pounds less, it may be a fairly desirable vehicle. So we'll, we're, we'll find out. We'll find sure. out. I mean, you know, that's, that's something else to note that, you know, they mentioned a lot of features, they mentioned a lot of the big items. They're not done with this truck yet. You know, it's already been stated. Well, they're not done introducing it. The press conference was pretty thin on information. Yeah, and they've already said they're behind schedule when it comes to the stamping plants, and there is a lot to still happen before they, they come out with this. And like you said, we'll see when we drive it. Probably the other most important car here was the Chrysler 200. Yeah, it looks terrific. I mean, I think it looks very much like a, almost like a Ford Fusion which is a big compliment. I think it looks a lot like a Lincoln MKZ, which is a Ford Fusion, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just hope that uh, they've done their homework on this platform because, I mean, the, the other descendants of this, uh, this car, the Cherokee and, uh, and the Dart, haven't really hit the market uh, running. So uh, I hope their, uh, their development is, homework is done there. Yeah, the proof's going to be in the pudding. I mean, look, they got a vehicle. This is an unbelievably competitive market. Mid-sized sedans, it's, it's the most competitive market. And they've never been competitive in that market. They've, they've not even been a player, not I mean, other than the close. rental car company. Right. I have to admit, I have a lot of skepticism. I mean, after all, that's where Doubting Thomas lives. I mean, I think there's a great excitement in Chrysler getting rid of their old crappy, crappy products. I mean, the Liberty and the two, the old 200 and the Avengers going to die. Um, Dead already. Yeah, but I'm not sure that leveraging this Dart this Alfa Romeo Giulietta platform is, I'm not sure how good that platform is. I mean, the Dart, when they introduced the Dart, it was a sales flop and it, it needed a ton of tweaks to become competitive. The 2014 car is considerably nicer. You know, we have one. The, the Cherokee, it's a sales success, but our first impressions aren't, we're not overwhelmed by the car. It's not gonna be a top of class car. So I'm wondering, you know, if they hobbled themselves, I think uh, they'll take it to the max. They'll hit the wall at some point. I think the, uh, the marginal difference in size between the Dart and the 200 isn't all that dramatic. Mm. So for the class, I think uh, what, what you're seeing there is that the rear seat isn't all that competitive in the class. Yeah, I've been in the back seat. The, the, the sloping right. roof line gets you. There's not a ton of, of um, leg. The other thing is I don't think that two despite the nine-speed automatic, woo, nine-speed automatic, uh, it's not well calibrated in the Cherokee, and 35 miles per gallon on the highway with the four-cylinder, that's, that's weak sauce, that's, that's not that good. Well, the 200 is, is more aerodynamic. I think it has the potential to shine in a few areas. So it may not be an excellent all-rounder like a Toyota Camry, but with the combination of styling and some of the interior features, the uh, electronic shifter, the huge amount of room that there is, uh, with that flexible console there, I think it, it's going to have an appeal. And there's going to be a huge price span. I mean, it starts at 217 and it, it uh, reaches up to $37,000. It'll have all the uh, advanced safety features that, uh, that our Cherokee Limited mm -hmm. has. So, uh, and all-wheel drive, of course. I mean, that's really going to put them on the map. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's in the details. I mean, you got a platform, you could actually put different platforms different bodies on, you can expand these different things. I think the chassis, really, when you get down to it, is, is pretty solid. It's got mm -hmm. decent ride and handling. It, it does that well. Powertrains, 
maybe they need something to be desired right now. Um, hopefully they could get somewhere with that. The other thing is they need to learn from GM is get the cars lighter. Mm. These are not particularly light vehicles, no. and that is taking a penalty in terms of performance and fuel economy. Yeah, I think we're going to see a, a lot's going to end up in the final calibration. I mean, it does feel like an upscale car, which is something they haven't had in a long time. Um, speaking of upscale cars, another trend that we've seen a lot at the show is little tiny wee little SUVs. Yeah. What did they show here? The Audi Q3, the Mercedes GLA. GLA is basically a, a hatch slash wagon version of the CLA. The Q3 is uh, is kind of cute, actually. And, you uh, think? Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, compact little SUV for the big city. You it know? looks like a little potato dumpling. Just it's a little. It's, uh, and it's based, of course, on the A3, which itself based on the uh, Golf Jetta platform. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, uh, I mean, the fit and finish inside is, is real Audi. The controls, uh, I mean, it gives you a definite premium feel. I mean, it's something you can't say about a Buick Encore. No, I mean, it's nicer than an Encore. There's some hard plastic in there. And you sit in the front and it, this is a small package. It's narrow, you know, it, you, oh. you feel that. So. No doubt, yeah. yeah. It, it's a completely logical niche. I mean, you got, you're delivering what people want. They want the badge. They want some luxury, they want to be in an SUV, they want to be up high, and let's have figure out how to do it at the smallest possible price point. And that is what's coming up with these small, tiny so, Without um, the bulk, SUVs. without the without fuel the economy penalty. Right, exactly well, I think right. there's a thing. It's not, I don't think there's a ton of Americans out there saying, boy, you know, that Audi Q5, that Mercedes-Benz GLK, that's a little too big. I wish I had something smaller. I think this is about price. Well, it's, it's, we're living in the world market now. It's, uh, it's not only about America, it's about what the rest of the world wants. But I think in the American market, these products... They're definitely niche products, but uh, it's just incremental. Uh, and these, these brands are continuing to increase their sales constantly. I mean, I think they also, they get you in the showroom. Right. You know, you go and you, sure. you, you know, you, uh, I'm going to look at a 38,000 Q3. Ah, what the hell, I'll, I'll get the Q5. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll pay a little more in well, my It gets them a new market, too. It does. They, they get acquisition sales. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one of the questions we had from Twitter was, uh, there, there are actually a few concept cars at this show, which, you know, car shows have been light on concept cars mm -hmm. recently. What's the concept? Thankfully. Uh, it depends. Some people yeah. like that, some people don't. What concept car did you see here that you'd really like them to build? I, I know there's, there's one that's dear to Jake's heart. Oh, the MR2? Okay, I'm dreaming. <laughs> there was no MR2. No, no. no well, instead, uh, Toyota showed a super basically a super car well okay so toyota showed um i mean what people are calling this the supra mm -hmm. so it was the ft1 but i call it the toyota viper the toyota viper i know they were parked on one side of the hall was the viper the other side was the the, the toyota it made the viper look tame almost yeah. go yeah. ahead I, I don't know I, honestly that's not really my cup of tea the thing it's big it's heavy it's powerful um, I'm really more into like the small, nimble, fun cars, and actually the one I liked, uh, we didn't talk before this, but I, I like the Kia, the GT4 Stinger. Stinger, yes. That's not to be confused with the GT6 Pincher. No, no, no. Actually, the Stinger I thought was kind of a, a tribute to Bumblebee because it kind of looks like a Camaro, but anyway, regardless. The thing is small, lightweight, rear wheel drive. Um, they're talking, you know, 315 horsepower of a out of a two-liter two-liter turbo, yeah. which is like nothing these days, right? So That's true. Mercedes-Benz Mercedes doing 355. 355. Yeah. So, um, but that looks like fun. 
you know, I, I'm really excited about these little coupes, rear wheel drive. I mean, you look at the, you know, FRS, which is, you know, near and dear, mm -hmm. but to see more cars like that and Nissan. But if that's an FRS, yeah, I mean, that, that Kia's an FRS with nearly, what, God, 140 more horsepower? Game on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, interested. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally with you on the light and nimble and sporty. And that brings me to that Nissan uh, yes. IDX. Oh, that uh, car yes, yes, is yes. my yes. favorite car of the show. Yeah. It looks so honest, so crisp. Yeah. I mean, it's not overtly retro or anything, but it looks just the right size. I mean, if I'm Nissan product planning, I want that in production tomorrow morning <laughs> as a competitor to the FRS. Yeah, Nissan yeah. needs to get their ass in yes. gear and build that car. Mm -hmm. Because right now the Nissan lineup is, other than the, the crack smoking juke, the, it's a boring, it's a highly boring, highly practical. Speaking of lineup. Nissan, did you see the next Maxima? Yeah, we'll talk about the, the, Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, Gabe is a fan. Uh, no, but the IDX is basically, you know, going back to the Datsun 510, which was exactly. a, 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 cop, a clone of the BMW 2002. It's a marketplace that isn't really served. I mean, last year Chevy showed a rear drive small coupe concept that, that hasn't gone anywhere. But oh, just what an awesome car. The desert tan paint, the, the denim seats, just, it was an automatic, which made me, that car, the Nismo was a stick. They had a Nismo. They're messing with me there, I think. They're, yeah, they're yeah. just screwing with But them. affordable, fun, something right. that everybody has abandoned. Yep, yep. That, would be, that would be fabulous. I also think the Kia's fantastic. I mean, the color they painted, it was perfect. Yeah. It was a perfect mix of a modern car, but with a lot of 60s flair to it. The back is, is just beautifully curvaceous. Uh, just, and it's a small car. You know, like you mm -hmm. said, it's, it's yeah. very, it's deceptively small. Yeah, yeah, let, let's hope they build both of those. Uh, you brought up the um, Nissan sports sedan concept. Yeah, which is uh, a precursor for the next Maxima. And uh, I hear that it's about 90% next Maxima. And I just hope it isn't because that monstrosity <laughs> looks like someone stepped on it or something. <laughs> Jake? There's a lot of, lot of lines. A lot of lines. There's a lot going a lot on. Of a lot lines, of stuff going but, on. But then I have nothing against a lot of lines, but these lines don't gel to anything <laughs> coherent. They just go any, all kinds of places. Now, the Maxima is kind of, we can never quite, it's a successful car. You know, they sell a good number of Maximas. I think off of its brand equity from yeah. being the four-door sports car from, uh, the, from 80s. the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's morphed into a fairly conservative car that must be a profit cow, a cash cow for them. It's an Altima, you know, with mm -hmm. slightly nicer seats. I don't know, that, that car is pretty out there to, um, I wonder if Maxima buyers are gonna go for that. We will find out. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> We already talked on one of the supercars of the show, the uh, Toyota FT1. Uh, another supercar that was here was the, the Chevrolet Corvette Z06. Another Z06? So uh, as if the C7 Stingray is lacking it's anything slow, in power, It's underpowered. Right? Uh, it's, it's a shame. It really yeah. is. <laughs> I think all the cars need to be at least 600 horsepower. So that I, I think at least 625. Yeah, we're going to have a rating chart of cars that are above 600 horsepower. And See how it competes. You but you need yeah, to have looks, 600 to get a top score. No, nah, right. nah, I'm a big fan of the Stingray, and that just looks awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. There was that. one thing I was intrigued by. The Z06 in its past iterations has always been the higher performance version of the car. You know, it was bought by track the, track, the track enthusiasts, right. which 
made me very curious that now you can get an automatic Z06. They introduce and a removable roof panel. You'll be yeah, you'll be able to get an eight. Well, you need automatic. to be seen, you know. It Why? kind of makes me, I think they're broadening the appeal of this to, well, to, to, let's face it, the retired Corvette buyer who wants, I want the fastest version. I'm never going to drive it that fast. It's a Sunday afternoon car, eight-speed automatic removable target. There's two things you could look at. I mean, one is, yes, there is that. But actually, if you look at the market, a lot of these high-end vehicles, they're all going automatics. I mean, look at Ferrari. They're automatics. No, you're and right. You know, props Porsche. to GM for giving you a, a, a seven-speed manual. Yeah, so I mean, almost props to them for doing that. But the truth is, a lot of people who are looking for the max performance, an automatic is getting them. It's not as fun to drive for a driver, but you look at the competition, they're going there. No, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, Porsche, Maserati, Ferrari, either automatic or uh, automated manual. So they've got to be there to be in the game. I was actually surprised to see another car introduced here, the BMW M3 and the M4 now that they had to come up with a different name for the coupe you can still get those with a stick. Right. You know, because I mean, the Audi, the A3 and the S3, they're all, they're all dual clutch. You know, a smaller class, but still. Uh, another Twitter question we had was, um, the ac will the Acura TLX bring Acura back to being competitive in the luxury marketplace? We'll see once we drive it. I mean, it looks, I mean, the size is right. The styling, at least from the back is right. The, the styling from the back is very reminiscent from the 2004 to 2008 TL, which was the best TL they, they ever made. Right. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. look, I mean, you know, the, the TL, the, the TLX, so it's a com combination of the TL and the TSX, so they're mm -hmm. kind of getting rid of both those models, replacing with this one. Um, I don't really think it brings a whole lot to the table. Okay, you've got powertrains that are pretty familiar with an Accord. You've lost some a funky, few... Some funky transmissions. You've got some new transmissions, but, but look, you've lost some variations. I mean, you look before, they had the TSX and the TL. You had two sizes. You had a, you had a wagon. You had stick shifts. You, they're all gone now. Now you've got a mm. fairly conservative sedan. Okay, fine. There's some nice styling cues. But it's it also... It has wise headlights. Yes. Very oh, exciting. And it has shod and paws. And it's got paws. <laughs> and goes without saying. It comes with all... You could get all-wheel drive. That's, that's, that's something. Which you could get Which you could get with every other car in that market. I just don't think it brings a whole lot to the table. I and mean, one thing that it does do, it brings up the price point of what was the TSX. And actually the ILX, which is one of our all-time favorite cars, it's the Acura Civic. Yeah. Um, not very impressive. But one interesting thing about that was it almost priced up to where the TSX is. And the TSX is a much better vehicle. So I than think the ILX. than the ILX. So by getting rid of that TSX and going a little upmarket, you know, maybe there's some breathing room for the ISX. So basically, ISX wasn't selling well. Let's get rid of the, the good car that we had. The ILX. <laughs> and maybe there's well, some... I mean, that assumes people are forced to go to the Acura showroom and buy something. Well, that, so that's, that is a, that's an assumption, which, which is absolutely untrue. There's so many options in that category right now. And, and I think uh, there is, a, with a, only a three-sedan three lineup, the ILX, the TLX, and the RLX, I think there is a, quite a gap between the TLX and the RLX. Uh, I mean, price-wise, you only have the MDX for them, but there is a big hole for a sedan in that size. Yeah, you know, the thing about Acura is it's, it's easy to sort of bash it because it, it's not the most luxurious car. It's not the most the sporty car. They sell a crap load of RDXs and MDXs. They're... Well, MDX is they're, they're doing great. Tr that's, is, that's, is a truly that's, that's good product. Brand, that's the, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's 
one of their it's one the of SUVs honest, are okay. Problems. The sedans mm -hmm. go buy an Accord. Speaking of maybe more luxurious cars, Mercedes-Benz redesigned the C-Class. Yeah, I, that car looks dynamite. And now that they have the CLA as the entry-level sedan, the C-Class can be a, more of a car. It's, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it grew, although it shed some, some weight. It's 220 pounds lighter, yet wheelbase gained three inches, so uh, it's going to be a roomier car. Yeah, the back and, seat uh, might actually be It, it kind of moves it a little closer to the E-Class, I think. Mm. And uh, it also, I mean, it looks like a baby S-Class. And uh, it's also going to have all the uh, technology, the self-driving, lane-correcting technologies that the S-Class has. If you pay for it. Yeah. What do you think? Well, there's, there's actually two fascias on it, right? So you could actually get it, the conservative one looks like an S-Class, but you could also get the one that really looks like the, uh, the CLA. Mm. And the CLA was kind of like the complete, you know, I guess the, the lamb in wolf's clothing, right? I mean, the, the CLA looks great. I mean, it is it a does, great yeah, looking vehicle, but then you drive it and you're completely disappointed because it doesn't drive like a Mercedes-Benz. So here's a vehicle that you could get that looks like that, that I suspect is going to drive like that too. Yeah, because the previous C-Class is a dowdy car. I mean, it's, it was it's a dowdy old car school German. It did. Yeah. Um, the, the new interior is stunning. It's gorgeous. I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of the whole Mercedes-Benz, take an iPad, plunk it on the top, that's your center screen. But, oh. Beautiful that, interior. That's a trend that mm -hmm. we're seeing more. Mazda's even doing that. Yeah. So it's like iPad on the dash, and you know. it gets it closer to you. And uh, there's probably other reasons they're doing that too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to have different sizes. For instance. That's right, because Mercedes has two sizes. Right. So you don't have that big, like all that blank plastic around it. We get the small size. And yeah, the and it's easier to build. You know, one iteration. Rather yeah. Than and it looks like hey, it's a, it looks like my Apple. It's good. You know. I mean, the, the interface is going to be important. I mean, the touch, the touchpad and the swipe motion, and so that, that... Yeah, there's been a lot here about the whole fingertip uh, gesture controls. Um, the Lexus R, I'm going to get the, I hope I get the initials right, the RCF. RCF. Yeah, which looks badass. You know, it's not F Sport, it's real F. Five liters, you know. F is for five liters. That's what it's for. <laughs> fast, fast, furious. Uh, there you go. Um, they're getting rid of the, that gets, marks probably the, the elimination of the Lexus mouse controller with, you know, a fingertip swipe. Oh, thank controller. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, which is good to see. Talking more about luxury, uh, we saw the U.S. version of the Hyundai Genesis. Yes, that looks quite promising. I mean, interestingly, uh, while the previous generation Genesis uh, was reminiscent of the BMW 5 Series, I think this one is actually more reminiscent of an Audi A6. And uh, surprise, surprise, uh, I mean, the chief designer came from Audi. And I think also the control interface is a little reminiscent of an Audi. Mm. But that car, uh, we've briefly driven that car, and I think it looks pretty promising. Uh, it's likely to be very competitive. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, Hyundai's been interesting. I mean, they put a lot of parts together, you know, they got the size, they got the engine, but they've never really made it all gel just quite right. Really didn't get the suspension tuning and all that. Right. I think this car really has an opportunity to really start gelling that thing. We're starting to see that. The Santa Fe three row did a good job of that. I think this Genesis will do a good job of it. The big thing with the Genesis is that you can finally get all wheel drive. That was, that was a suicidal marketing right. move, basically. That was a big barrier. Yeah. Yep. Last car I want to talk about in detail, shifting away from the luxury market perhaps uh, it's the honda fit mm -hmm. yeah i mean the honda fit has been uh, i mean although it's always been a more expensive kind of a subcompact but the car kind of has gathered a whole 
a whole uh, following. It's almost like a cult car at this point. So the third generation, and uh, I mean, I was stunned with the rear seat room oh, there. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. amazing. And the car is an inch and a half shorter. After you've crammed yourself in the back of a Ford Fiesta, and then you get in a fit, it's like, I mean, forget about Fiesta. I think it's roomier than Jake this morning said it's roomier than a Taurus. Yeah. Well, that's, not, that's, <laughs> that's damning with faint praise. Well, what Honda says, it's, it's bigger on the inside than the outside. And that, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. kind of made me chuckle. A little bit wider, a um, little bit shorter, lighter. Uh, new 1.5 liter direct injected engine with the CVT, you know, because that's the Honda thing. Um, more horsepower, which the car could use, mm -hmm. no question. I hope it's quieter. I hope it's quieter and I hope the ride isn't as choppy as it's in the current car. Yeah, because the fit, a highway trip with the fit was not good. Quite grueling. But I mean, they kept the magic seats, so there's yeah. a ton of space inside of it. I mean, you know, it's amazing. You pay, it is a, I mean, it's a bit of a premium subcompact, but for what you pay, Look at everything you get. Right. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens in terms of price, too. I mean, the uh, it was kind of a weird market thing going on with the, the current um, Honda Fit because they didn't really make enough of them, actually, so they, ha they were yep. charging a premium. So this new model, they're actually building in Mexico and a new plant, and they'll be actually doing a tiny little SUV there, too. Mm -hmm. So I suspect we're going to see kind of lower prices on them and maybe the greater uh, greater sales of these. Vehicles. Yeah, I think with broader, you know, more availability, they right. might actually be able to fulfill, you know, more demand for the car. Yeah, the which, small, tiny SUV that's built off of that fit looks quite intriguing. The irony is, is that I think that fit has more room in it than many of these small, small, small luxury compact sure. SUVs. Possibly. Yeah, very practical car. So that's going to pretty much wrap it up for our Detroit Auto Show coverage. We want to thank you for watching. I want to thank all the people who came up to me on the show floor saying how much they enjoy the show. We really enjoy bringing it to you. As always, thank you.